Stay home and eat all the freaking chips, Kip. Napoleon, don't be jealous that I've been chatting online with babes all day. Besides, we both know I'm training to become a cage fighter. Since when, Kip? You have the worst reflexes of all time. Try and hit me, Napoleon. What? I said come down here and see what happens if you try and hit me. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the RP Podcast. Bringing that back. I think we forgot <laughs> to do that last episode. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about uh, classic Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> <laughs> it's a movie that we've all seen. Well, obviously not all of us, but... You so, want to introduce yourself? Oh, yeah, you're right. Uh, I'm Jake. <laughs> I'm here with some of my friends. Uh, my best friends, I guess you could call them. <laughs> I'm Tyler. I'm Scott. I'm Zach. And I'm Zach. <laughs> we're uh, we're four friends that uh, are reviewing mo- movies that you absolutely should have seen already. I think that maybe this qualifies. I I want to say it does. Like <laughs> I was watching it again, and um, spoiler, I think this is the worst movie we've done. Uh, <laughs> but at the same time, like it's one that I feel like most people, at least our age, watched and loved. Like yeah. for some reason, yeah. And <laughs> there are parts of it that still make me laugh really hard, uh, but. Most of it is just, I don't know what's happening. Well, a little bit of uh, just the facts about Napoleon Dynamite. It was directed by Jared Hess when he was, uh, he was only 25 uh, when he directed this movie. Uh, it was written by him and Jerusha Hess, which I didn't look this up, but I'm just assuming is his brother. No relation. <laughs> no relation. Uh, released uh, June 11, 2004. Uh, so I was, I was 14, newly uh, 14. Uh, when this movie came out, and uh, I did see it in theaters two times. Um, hated it the first time, liked it the second. Uh, this blew me away when I read this, but this movie uh, did $46 million in the box office. Fun uh, little fun fact is that uh, John Heater, Napoleon, only got a thousand of that. <laughs> <laughs> so this movie launched his career, but it did not launch his. Uh, did it? Like and he John, has no kind of like royalties or anything. On I don't. It. I don't think so. Not that I saw. But like, what did he do that wasn't this or Blades of Glory? Uh, he did some other things. I mean, he did major major motion pictures, never as like the star. Okay. Uh, but uh, other than Blades of Glory, but. also Blades of Glory is one of the greatest movies that has ever graced planet earth so oh well uh okay uh this uh yeah so he only got paid a thousand dollars the entire budget of the movie was four hundred thousand that is such a great return on investment that they had there oh so good i mean it's impressive that it did as well as it did this is our lowest budget movie that we have reviewed so far by a lot might be the best percent return on investment that we've done it it's gotta be pretty close to the best roi I have no clue. I haven't paid attention to all the others. I thought that you recalled everything that we did. No, that was just last episode. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. uh, this, uh, the other guys gave this a 71%, which I feel like is generous. Uh, IMDB uh, gave it a 6.9. Just 1.1 away from uh, Jaws. 1.1 away from Jaws. Uh, no, Jaws had an 8. 8 I had thought. an 8, yeah. Well, that's 1.1. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Eight minus six point nine is one point one. <laughs> Quick maths. Uh, not surprisingly, MTV, uh, the MTV Awards gave this Best Picture. Not the Academy. Not the Academy. <laughs> the Academy didn't respect this at all. You it said it, it wasn't even nominated for anything. No. You no, said MTV gave it Best Picture. 
MTV gave it best picture that Didn't year. Didn't MTV also co-produce it? They did. They <laughs> did, yes. seems a little, uh, a little <laughs> biased. A little self-serving. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I only pointed out the MTV award just because I thought it was funny that MTV thought this was a great movie. Yeah, that's um, hilarious. Because it's not like I respect the MTV awards at all. I still watch it every year. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know they had awards. <laughs> yeah, we've talked about it uh, once before uh, on the Tombstone episode a couple episodes back that Val Kilmer got uh, Best Actor on the MTV Awards mm. uh, because he was, you know, just so cute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Heartthrob Val Kilmer as Doc Holliday, I guess. Yeah. Well, have you seen? Uh, I don't. I think we talked about it a little bit, but I'm. I know this has nothing to do with this movie. But have you seen Val Kilmer lately? No. Oh, he is so shot out. I'm it, not surprised. Does he look like Doc Holliday with the tuberculosis? <laughs> worse. He looks so much worse. Yeah, he looks oh. a lot worse. <laughs> oh, that's rough. <laughs> I'd argue you guys should look was... this up like, later. He, like he just looks horrifying. <laughs> that's real rough. <laughs> Like he he probably aged he aged the worst out of all the heartthrobs except for uh, Corey Hain. What does Corey Hain look like? And Brad Pitt. Yeah, <laughs> if there's one like when I watched Once Upon a, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I was like, it's an ugly man now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. I'm assuming you guys decisions. are looking at pictures of Val Kilmer. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. Val Kilmer, is, Corey Now Hume. we're all looking. This second. is great podcasting. For a second, I and the rest of the audience had Just no idea what you were doing. Just us being silent watching <laughs> pictures of people. Just Jake's guttural responses. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, that's, uh, that's what pe- the people are here to see. Well, Jake, you nominated this movie, so let us know what you think. Yeah, I mean, like I said at the top, like, there are some moments in this movie that I think are really funny and we'll get into them. And I think if you were to watch this movie, just like one scene at a time, like one a day, like in YouTube clips. Yeah. Just like you would laugh and you'd be like, that was pretty funny. But when you put them, it is so much less than the sum of its parts. Like when you put them together, it, uh, it just feels so, it doesn't make any sense. Like there's no real plot. Yeah. I feel like, like it's just like a collection of scenes but the whole time it's like, why, why am I doing this for an hour and a half? Like this movie's only an hour and a half. And I'm like, I was watching it and I was like, I've got to be like an hour and a half in right now. Right. And I was like 40 minutes. in. <laughs> now you had seen this movie before or did you, I had seen it. Yeah. Uh, and like I saw it, I, we, I got it on DVD and then I went to my parents' house and I got the same DVD <laughs> and brought it over to my house to watch. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I put it in and I was kind of dreading it cause I knew I was like this movie is going to be rough to get through, but I'm so you know, happy you it. nominated it. Yeah. So Zach, you had seen this before, own, right? Yeah, I have seen it. So why, why were you happy that Jake nominated it? No, I, that was sarcasm. I, uh, <laughs> I just loved that Jake was dreading watching his own nomination. I was more happy that, uh, you guys would have to watch it. And I knew like you and probably Scott in particular would be most upset about having to watch it. <laughs> so I actually do, <coughs> excuse me. I, I actually do think that this is a movie that you should have seen already. Um, I don't think that if it's a movie you haven't seen that you should watch it. No. <laughs> um, but I think that like, it's a cult classic 
of our generation. So much so that uh, from 2004 to 2008, there was a Napoleon Dynamite Festival in Preston, Idaho. Idaho. Right. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they had tater tot eating contests, lookalike <laughs> contests, uh, football throwing contests, you know. I mean, vote for Pedro shirts were everywhere for like 10 years. Yeah, I, I had one. Yeah, uh, I didn't. But uh, that was more I just didn't like printing on my shirts. I liked plain shirts when yeah. I was in high school. I didn't have uh, one either because I was not a loser. <laughs> oh, wow. I get owned everyone from our school. I think that you were Which because you actually, didn't let yourself yeah. get peer pressured into this. <laughs> yeah, in all honesty, I if you didn't have a shirt, you kind of were a loser. It was definitely like a social, uh, like a social class kind of thing. I oh, actually yeah. had uh, two Napoleon Dynamite shirts, remembering because uh, so the Napoleon owns a llama, which Tina? is named Tina. Yeah, which also happens to be my mom's name. And so she got me a shirt with a picture of Napoleon and the llama. And it said, Tina, you fat lard, come get some dinner. Did you ever say that to your mom? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tina, we know you're a tot out there. And uh, this, uh, this movie brings new, uh, new life to that uh, moniker, tots. Uh, but we know you're a tot out there, so we know you're listening. And we're sorry you had such a miserable son that would say something so awful to you. I mean, she bought me the shirt. <laughs> or Santa did, actually. But <laughs> All right. Our one late bloomer was Scott. So, Scott, what do you think of this movie? Dumpster fire. <laughs> That's it. That's all I got to say. It's going to be my lowest rated. I've ever done on this podcast. Wow, you gave the Live Aquatic like a four or something. It's going to be lower. <laughs> <laughs> would you uh, Would you watch uh, Life Aquatic nope. again oh, over this? Movie? I would. That would be my favorite movie. <laughs> <laughs> over this, <laughs> I'm so happy about that. So, Sky, I I legit was like watching this movie and I was like, Tyler, is there any plot in this? <laughs> no. And he was like, That's it, dude. <laughs> no. Nope. Yeah. Like, and uh, then it just ended out of nowhere, and I was like, Thank God. <laughs> Did you stay for the after credit scene? No. Well, we'll get to that. Well, I'm I'm not reviewing that part because I didn't see it. That was my favorite, one of my favorite parts. I actually uh, completely forgot about that scene. I didn't stay to watch that either. Yeah, I didn't stay to watch it either. Mm. So Shame. you'll you'll tell us about it. Okay. Um. Yeah. So let's kind of just jump into. I guess a play by play of this yeah, movie. It's so yeah, hard. Tell us the plot, Jake. Yeah. It, it's <laughs> so hard to <laughs> we, we skipped over I I didn't even hear what Tyler thinks of this movie. Oh no, I, I just said that I, I'm glad that Jake did it. Uh I think it's a terrible movie. I'm okay, glad they okay. chose it though, because it is just such a, a cult classic. Got it. Um I regret this watching this movie more than any tattoo I have ever gotten or probably will ever get. <laughs> It's an interesting comparison to make. I'm not sure what the two have to do with each other. Just because a lot of times you hear like people like regretting tattoos and they're like permanent. But this is a you, temporary thing. Do you regret any tattoos? No, I love all my tattoos. Right. I only have three, but uh, I regret this temporary decision more <laughs> than any permanent decision I could that make. That you could make. Yeah. yeah. Uh, how much would it take to get a Napoleon Dynamite tattoo? At least a million dollars. <laughs> Legitimately, I wouldn't do it for less. Than you wouldn't dollars. get that drawing of a liger. Nope. So um, another bit of trivia here is that John Heater drew all of Napoleon's drawings except for the unicorns at the beginning. I don't know why he didn't draw the unicorns. Maybe he couldn't draw unicorns. Maybe, but he was really good at you know drawing that liger, which is bred for its skills and magic. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
there are several like you're right, Jake. There are several uh like sequences, like several scenes that are are funny in a vacuum, but like the whole movie just sucks. Yeah. That's uh that's what I was thinking the whole time I was watching. Like I tried to take notes. Like I usually try to keep notes and I was like, I don't know what to take note of. Like there's there's <laughs> nothing there's nothing really there's it's hard to follow along because zero substance, zero hodgepodge. heart, zero plot. But zero I don't know that I've ever heard anyone put heart and Napoleon Dynamite in the same sentence before. That's why I said I said zero. <laughs> I know, but I'm just saying I've never heard anyone even like think to think about <laughs> the fact that this movie has I mean, no I was just heart. thinking like things that make good movies, you know? I mean, I would say the things that make good movies are also bad acting. Plot, acting, dialogue, cinematography, score. You you like, bring up those so- are the things that make a good movie. You bring. You up didn't like listening to Time After Time or whatever <laughs> that song is actually called. It's called Time After Time. Yeah. Um, uh, and, oh, go ahead. <laughs> I was gonna say you you bring up some key components of film, uh, cinematography and score being two of those. And uh, this movie, those components of this movie were so bad. I think this is one of the ugliest movies I've ever seen. Just in terms <laughs> of like what you're seeing on the screen is so. Was it filmed on an iPhone three? <laughs> Those I weren't out pre iPhone. Oh, that's right. Even if iPhones it, came out in like 2007. Even if yeah. it had a crystal clear image, it still would have been so ridiculously ugly because the setting itself is so ugly. I think that that's just Idaho, though. Um, it sure, is. it's Southern Idaho. So uh, Jared Hess, the director, was once asked because the movie is supposed to take place in 2004, according to Napoleon's ID card, but everything looks like it's in the 80s or 90s. And somebody asked him what time this takes place, and he just responded, "Idaho." <laughs> <laughs> that's the which is hilarious. That's the time frame. Yeah, yeah. They, they didn't do any color grading or anything. Like they really tried so, for, unless they wanted it to look that way, which I'm assuming is the case. But it looked terrible, and it sounded terrible. All the little random tunes that they wrote for this movie, I could not stand. It sounded. I would have guessed they spent significantly less than four hundred thousand on this movie. Yeah, it the the music was worse to me than hearing uh, Robert Shaw scratch the chalkboard in Jaws. <laughs> I think I could legitimately make this movie today for under four thousand dollars. And you be... wouldn't even be able to afford Napoleon, you know? <laughs> Actually, you would. I'm sorry. I would. Yeah, you, you would. Only cost a you, could afford, you could afford I think you could get Napoleons. John Heater to do that today for $1,000. <laughs> um, you know, you said that but, this movie shot in 22 days, right, Jake? Yeah, 22 days, and I it probably shows. 11000 for 22 days' work is not terrible, especially when you're no, just... No, 1000 1000 total. 1000 total. Yeah, didn't I say that? What did I say? You said eleven. Oh, I meant 1000 Oh, $11,000 for 22 days work would be great. Yeah, but I mean, it's, you know, most people aren't working on things that got the people that were working for $46 million. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You know. Uh, well, this movie opens up on uh, Napoleon. I, Napoleon. Dre- I, I love the way he dresses. It makes me laugh. He's wearing a horse shirt, a t- just a t-shirt with two horses on it. Uh some weird pants and like snow boots. Yeah, snow and boots. I, there's no snow in sight. Um, <laughs> it's it's clearly like spring. Spring, yeah. And he played by a 26 year old John Heater. Um, <laughs> supposed to be a, like a sophomore or a junior in high school. Uh, him and actually his friend Pedro, who comes in later in the movie, 
was 31 at the time of shooting. Pedro looks 31 at the time of shooting. Yeah. Um, his, uh, so Napoleon has an older brother, speaking of ages, in the movie. And he's supposed to be 32 and he's only actually 27. So he was one year <laughs> older than Napoleon. And they're supposed to be like 16 years apart. Honestly, though, he did look 30. Yeah. Like 31 or whatever. Like he looked, sh- Kip looked shot out. Yeah. Um, so Napoleon gets on a bus with what looks like a bunch of elementary schoolers. I don't know why those kids were so young. Yeah, I didn't understand that. Uh, and then, and then the the, I, I didn't the understand back. a lot of this movie. <laughs> yeah. uh, he sits at the back of the bus next to this kid, and uh, the kid asks him, what do you want to do today, Napoleon? And then he responds, whatever I feel like I want to do, gosh. And I feel like that really sets the... T- oh, actually, and then he takes out an action figure with a bunch of fishing line around it. And then he un- undoes some fishing line and throws that out the window and just holds it. And I feel like that sets the tone for the movie pretty well. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what we can come to expect from the rest of this movie. Just whatever they felt like shooting and some odd thing, that's what you're going to get. Well, I think um, they did that as the opening scene because that's what you're supposed to feel like throughout the entire movie. <laughs> like that action figure. <laughs> <laughs> just drug behind a school bus with a bunch of elementary kids in it. <laughs> Held, <laughs> held by a, a social, uh, a socially awkward uh, director. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and so it's just, uh, it just goes, it just kind of rambles from there. We see, <laughs> just, and that's the end of the movie. Yeah, <laughs> we see uh, you. You gonna play us out? <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, we see Napoleon go to school and uh, deliver a current event on the Loch Ness monster and. Uh, how people from Japan are trying to bomb the Loch Ness monster, but local wizards have come along, <laughs> cast protective spells. Um, we see him get bullied in school, and then he goes to call home and just asks uh, asks for his chapstick when he was when they said he wouldn't come pick him up. Uh, I don't I don't know how to talk about the opening, but he comes home from apparently. It looks like a bad day, but I'm going to guess is a normal day for Napoleon. <laughs> um, and his, his grandma is leaving on a trip or over to go overnight. And uh, that was that opening sequence you heard. And we're introduced to Kip, who is his 32-year-old brother, who is still living with his grandma as well. They never really talk about what happened to their parents <laughs> and if they're around or alive they probably left them there because they didn't want the two idiots <laughs> living with them yeah. and uh kip i is, would put those kids up for adoption yeah. well here's a here's an interesting thought experiment are the kids as messed up as they are because they were raised by this grandmother or were they left with the grandmother because of how messed up they are i assumed that they just had mental illnesses like from for their entire lives that this was not <laughs> like a a learned thing or like a nature <laughs> nature versus nurture. this was nature not nurture yeah this was nature so uh but like all of them like even pedro it, they're all so slow I, I point, <laughs> uh, oh i'm I, sorry i skipped over an important part I is tr- that we do meet the new kid pedro i tried yeah, watching and- this movie with with my wife last night and at one point i was just like what is in the water in this town in idaho <laughs> that- <laughs> Coming from two people, like, she was excited to watch this movie because we both had such fond memories of loving this when we were 12. Yeah. And I do remember, like, thinking, I can see why I loved this when I was 12. Yeah, sure. 
Like we, uh, like if we showed this to one of our friends' kids who's twelve right now and they had never seen it before, I'm sure they would love it. Oh yeah, yeah they would never stop talking about it. Yeah. yeah. So let's not do that. There, like, <laughs> I I think I kind of disagree with Jake what you said earlier that you could watch these clips uh, out of context and enjoy them. I don't think you could. I Scott, would you agree with that? I think if I watched any of these clips in a vacuum, I'd still question what is the point? Why was this made? What's going on? Yeah, I always hated this movie even before I saw it. Uh, just because I remember being in school and everyone saying your mom goes to college, and I was like, oh my god, like <laughs> forget. I hated everyone who said that, and I hated everyone who had seen this movie, which was pretty much everyone. And there, like, you hated a lot of people. There are a couple characters that I will admit, like, did crack me up a couple times, but Napoleon was never one of them. I thought he was so insufferable, and like, I, I felt like I had a like visceral disgust for him every time that he showed up on screen, and his re- <laughs> his reactions to things made me so upset. I loved, like, not his reaction, but, like, how he would move and handle himself. Like, when he would just, like, run away for no reason. And the way <laughs> he would just turn and run, like, full tilts. But, like, I don't know how he, to describe I, it. I, You're going to have to look at it. I could not um, stand it. I uh, I agree with you, Jake. Uh, I, like, some of these clips in a vacuum, I think, would make me laugh. Not because I think they're funny, but because of just how... Uh, bizarre and random it is. Uh, like, yeah, I mean, I think that's where anything, like any, sh- I don't want to say strength, but any strength of this movie would come from just how outlandish and bizarre it is. Yeah, like I, I would say that this, I, I would say that they were probably shooting for, they were aiming for Wes Anderson and missed. I yeah, can see it. I actually made that. I wrote that in my notes as well. I said it feels like they're trying to emulate the quirkiness and simplicity of like early Wes Anderson movies, mm-hmm. but they're lacking any semblance of the charm and creativity. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. I would completely agree with that. But nonetheless, like I could see some of these clips in a vacuum. Like I, there are lots of stuff on the internet that I laugh at. That's just funny because it's uh like obscure and ridiculous and outlandish uh i laughed twice in this movie and it was both because tyler was laughing (laughs) yeah at a scene yeah there there are definitely i think i laughed like probably three or four times i think uh just it's talking of times that i laughed i laughed hard at this again i laugh hard at every time i see a clip of it when uh when napoleon is just riding up on his bike and then (laughs) <laughs> Uncle Rico and Kip are just sitting on the step eating steaks for some reason. And then he says, Uncle Rico says, hey, check this out. And then he just picks <laughs> Kip's steak up and throws it as hard as he can at Napoleon's face. And then he just hits him. I don't know. That makes me laugh every time. I could watch that clip right now and probably laugh pretty hard. I laughed hard at that. Scott, you actually, you chuckled at that. I, I feel like I was probably laughing at you, but that's what I recall. <laughs> there, there like, is... I feel like there are... I mean, I wasn't in your head, but... Uh, I, It's a ridiculous scene for sure. I feel like if it had, um, if it was in any kind of a good contextual movie where I understood what was happening and there's better actors, I probably would have laughed at that scenario. Yeah. But the whole thing is just so bad. Like it, you never, I I couldn't even get into a comedy feel with it. It was just like, why am I wasting my time doing this? Like, I don't even want to record this podcast. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Scott was shooting for a 20 minute (laughs) podcast and we've already beat it. So we beat it. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I, I do. 
I, I'm sorry, Zach. Real quick, I re- I do crack up at that scene, Jake. Every every, every time I think of it, I, oh, I, I crack up at that. Um, and so I guess we meet Kip. Well, back hang on, to I I cut Zach off. I was oh, just sorry. going over stuff about this movie that did make us laugh. I did I do chuckle every time I see Don, uh, who is the boyfriend of Summer. Oh yeah, oh he, cra- <laughs> he was pretty funny. One, he looks like he's thirty six. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he looks like Dolph Lundgren. He, <laughs> he does. does look like Dolph Lundgren. And just his demeanor. I don't know who that is. <laughs> uh, Ivan Drago. I oh. I think the funniest scene. I actually I will admit I laughed so much that I had to rewind the entire scene and, and watch it again. Is when Napoleon uh, and like three other completely random high school kids that we have not met and are never make it into the film after the scene. They go and what looks like they like work at oh, <laughs> I love that <laughs> like the the, 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 the chicken, chicken farm yeah. yeah exactly and uh Napoleon asks uh, if they have large talents and, and he asks it so like in plain English clear as day impossible for anyone to un- misunderstand him <laughs> and the old guy just says I have no idea what you are asking <laughs> He just, <laughs> it does not compute for this old man. <laughs> this old chicken farmer. <laughs> and then they just kind of leave it at that. That's that. <laughs> and then the other old dude a little later says something that that truly is completely unintelligible. <laughs> and no one responds. No one acknowledges that he said anything at all. <laughs> yeah. That is by far my favorite moment. <laughs> oh, oh man, I'm I'm crying right now. Um, well, I don't want us to belabor this too much. Yeah. I think this will be a short episode. But essentially, the the Napoleon is a a teenager who uh is just going through outlandish versions of normal teenager problems. Has, he doesn't have any real friends. He has no friends. What about Pedro? And then he meets Pedro. Yeah, and he meets Deb, yeah. who is also. A really weird girl who's trying to raise money for college by uh, selling, like, taking glamour shots of people. Glamour shots, And yeah. selling boondoggle keychains. Yeah. Um, which Napoleon made affinity of those at scout camp. Infinity yeah. of those, yeah. Um, and that's just, I the way he said it, I was like, I know he's saying infinity, but I know he, it sounds like he's saying affinity. <laughs> um, and, yeah, they, he, what what does he really do? Uh, that's, a, that's a great question. He does <laughs> you, nothing. You've summed the uh, movie Like up. Scott said. It's pretty much impossible to really do a plot synopsis of this because it really has no plot. There's, they, uh, there's like they go two, to prom. Yeah, there's two central plot points: is Napoleon yeah. trying to find a date to prom, and yep. taking Trish only because Trish's mom thinks Napoleon is mentally handicapped and feels bad for him. Because their uncle, uh, uh, well, I guess their grandma breaks her coccyx. Yeah, however you say it, on the uh, doing uh doing sweet tricks of the dunes with her, her TV. boyfriend with her boyfriend with her boyfriend that they had no idea about either of those <laughs> things. So their uncle Rico comes and uh and stays with them to take care of them, even though Kip is thirty two. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and Kip doesn't even object. But he's he's like happy to have Rico there to take care of him. Can't I think we can all agree though that I would not if I was responsible for those human beings I would not leave Kip in charge. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then and the second half of the movie is Pedro just trying to run for president. Yeah, 
Yeah, there's there's a few other pl- of the United plots. States. Yeah, president. <laughs> um, like uh, like Kip's online girlfriend, who seems like a catfish the whole time. What was her name again? Uh, La Fonda. La Fonda. Um, and he's, you know, trying to raise money to bring her out, so he gets into some harebrained money making schemes with Uncle Rico. Yeah. To get he, her a bus ticket. But he he gets her out, and she's real. She's real. Selling Tupperware, it seemed like. Selling Tupperware and uh, and breast enhancement herbs. That is yeah. like the most wholesome part of the movie is their relationship. Oh, just, totally. This movie honestly made me so sad so many times just watching these characters, their lives, um, and seeing Kip actually have something good going on in his life made me feel a little happy for him. <laughs> uh, so he and LaFonda get married? Yeah, that's the after credit scene. Oh, that's okay. That's the after credit scene. Uh, See, I didn't know that happened. Yeah, he and LaFonda get married, and he has a pretty sweet uh, song that he writes for her. Uh, he sings about loving technology. About loving technology. But not as much as her, but he still loves it. Yeah. And uh, I guess we're getting way ahead of our... I don't really? know. I, yeah, it, it's we're about as all over the place as this movie is. Yeah. Just but, say um, your favorite scenes. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, <laughs> in whatever what, order you want. <laughs> we're, ra- we're, we're rapping already? <laughs> I would say we're. I'm saying that's like kind of the plot analysis is just say your favorite scenes in whatever order you want. I did. I loved that scene where they're getting married, the after credit scene, and Napoleon rides up on a a very tamed looking horse that he does not look comfortable on at all, and he's late to the wedding, and he says, "Sorry, I'm late. I was taming this wild honeymoon stallion for you." Yes. And then he asks Deb to take a picture of him in the middle of the wedding, and then he gets off, and they just ride off, and he high fives Pedro. (laughs) I I don't know why I love that scene too. Um. I can't believe you guys didn't stick around for it. I I'm I mean I remember I it. Didn't see it. I remember it vividly. Uh, it was a it was apparently a callback to some Australian movie that I've forgotten the name of. Oh, at this point, but Zach, what were uh, some of your favorite uh, scenes? Favorite lines? You've said a couple, but if there are any others, I even forgot to even even keep note of that while I was watching this movie. Um, but yeah, I think my my favorite line would just be the old farmer saying, I I don't <laughs> understand the thing you just said. <laughs> Scott, <laughs> this will be a N-A. short. <laughs> Not applicable. <laughs> you don't have a single favorite scene, favorite line. When the you didn't love started. The, you didn't love the dancing? <laughs> no. I've seen that a thousand times, though. Have we mentioned, okay. uh, I thought this was super interesting. <laughs> Jake, you were telling us before we started recording that uh, in the beginning uh, credits, Fox didn't like the hands that they were using. <laughs> oh, <laughs> they yeah. Were setting and down so the they, plates during the credits. So they flew out some hand models. They had a $400,000 budget. They paid John Heater $1,000. They flew out hand models to Idaho. I feel like that's uh, Nero fiddling while Rome burns. <laughs> like <they're> just... <laughs> I, think, I think my favorite part of the movie was their consistency in using those same plates throughout the movie. <laughs> like as you see them eating, the plates from the opening scene are the same plates that they're they're using. That's my favorite part. I liked when they were playing uh, the White Stripes. We're gonna, we're gonna be friends during that. Yeah, I can tell that we are gonna be friends. Just edit our theme song to be that one for this episode. That's fair. Um, I uh, there's really only there there are a couple of things that I I definitely laugh at. The Rico uh, steak, it's pretty funny. Um, I like a couple of lines that like I I've just always remembered. Like make yourself a dang quesadilla. Uh, Wasn't there supposed to be a line about a chimichanga? 
Yeah, she's Summer oh, says it when she's remember. delivering. She's like, "Who wants to eat chimichangas all year? <laughs> Not me." But <laughs> her presidential her presidential speech was like a perfect um, example, I think, of listening to anybody, any like popular person's "I want to be <laughs> class president" speech. Yeah. Like it was just all over the place. It she said nothing, and then she said one thing that she thought was really clever. She's like, "With me, it'll be summer all year long." And then she leaves. and she completely yeah. roasted one of the lame kids. And yeah. I, I loved, I did think it was pretty funny watching Don just jam out to the Backstreet Boys while they were doing their skit. Yeah, that was that was pretty good. Uh, can we point out the fact that uh, that Haley Duff was in this movie? Yeah, I. That's wild. <laughs> like sh- her, uh, her sister, obviously Hillary Duff, much much larger career. But how did she get roped into this? Did any of the other actors get paid? (laughs) (laughs) It's just John Heater. This is the movie I alluded to in Jaws. Jake, you were telling us that like a huge uh, portion of the cast were all Mormons. Yeah, that's why they said there's no swearing or drinking in any of the whole movie because a lot of the people that worked on and starred in and wrote were Mormon. Um, apparently the Tana Prescott is like ninety percent. Latter-day Saints, hmm. which that is never brought up one time in the whole movie. That's very interesting to me. I mean, I guess I why would you bring it up in the movie? Like, why would you want to make a big deal out of it? But, yeah, I don't know. I think uh, some parts that I didn't mention that I always make me laugh is uh, Napoleon taking Pedro's tots and just sticking them in his pocket. That, like was that was actually my favorite thing part. to do. Yeah, you did laugh at that. Uh, and then he just doesn't address that again and then eats them later in class. Um, what's weird is that the other kid wanted one of them. Like, if you saw some kid next to you in class <laughs> pulling tater tots. tots out of his cargo pants, you're not going to ask that kid for a tot. I remember <laughs> <laughs> really questioning the logic in that scene as well. Um, and there was one. Oh, um, why do I keep losing it? Well, you keep talking. It'll come back to me, just like the rest of this movie. I, I just want to point out, uh, like, can we stop to, like, first of all, like, note that Uncle Rico, uh, played by uh, John Grease, is in this movie. Uh, I loved him in Men in Black. I thought he was hilarious. Uh, and I hated him in this movie. And then the other one that really blew me away that I couldn't believe he was in this at all uh, was Oswald Lee Harvey. Or I'm oh. sorry, Diedrich Bader, who yeah, yeah. plays yeah Oswald Lee Harvey on Drew Carey Show. But Diedrich Bader is like he's a pretty good actor, like, and certainly far more famous than anyone else in this movie. Uh, and I don't, I don't understand how they got him to be in it. Just saw the script and said it was perfect. That was Did what Uncle Rico. Him? <laughs> Did they? Yeah. That's what Uncle Rico said. He they, he was thinking about taking a break, and then 15 pages into the script, he decided he loved it. And I don't know how much script there could have been. That might have been the whole script. Um, <laughs> but they did shoot it in 22 days. <laughs> but another interesting, like, people loving this movie is um, Silence of the Lambs director, uh, Jonathan Dem. He called this one of his all-time favorite movies. He said that it had done something new on screen, and it moved and delighted him, which blows yeah. me away. because. Same. <laughs> Signs of the Lambs is a great movie. Like he's obviously knows he Good. knows what he's talking about. So maybe we're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it was a dumpster fire. <laughs> 
Well, but uh, oh, I remembered what my uh, my favorite part is, and there's no rhyme or reason for this. But when Napoleon can't get a ride to prom, and he walks out and he just <laughs> looks at the dirt road and he just sighs, and then just starts running <laughs> as fast as he possibly can down a dirt road to prom, and then he gets picked up by um by Pedro's cousins just in that low rider who are just around for some reason. That's my favorite part. And they they have zero lines. Yeah, he just says, "Are you guys Pedro's cousins with all the sweet hookups?" And they just nod. <laughs> and I think that's the only time they ever talk to him. Yeah. Well, um, there's only, there are a couple of scenes that like I definitely laugh at. There's only one scene that I, in this entire movie that I think is actual good comedy, like a very good original comedy. And it's this like very like out of left field pointless scene where uh, Napoleon says hi to the farmer who's across the street and the farmer's fiddling with a shotgun, and there's a cow in front of him, and finally he, like, gets it cocked and picks it up, and as he pulls the trigger, we just cut to a school bus was passing by, and we cut to the interior of the school bus, and all these kids screaming as they've just watched a cow get murdered. That was based off a real-life experience of director Jared Jared Hess. Hess. That you really saw that. That was that still to this day, I die laughing that is pretty funny. every time I see that. Cause it's just, it was just done really well. Like the cut, the, the, the whole thing, it was just d- the timing. Like it was done very, very well. It's the only part of this movie that I think is, is really worth like worth my mention, you know? But yeah, all right. Well, uh, this is going to be a short episode. Let's uh, let's go ahead and uh, actually just for kicks, for kicks and gigs, a recast. Let's do a recast. If you were going to make this movie today with a larger than four hundred thousand dollar budget, and we will all just decide that the first thing that we would do is fire Jared and Jerusha Hess and hire screenwriters to rewrite it. So there is a plot. So that there is a plot. Uh, we'll just take that as a uh, for granted. Uh, if you were going to remake Napoleon Dynamite today, who would you recast for Napoleon? Who would you recast for Pedro? And who would you recast for Kip? Since ages don't seem to matter uh, yeah. in this, because 26-year-old, uh, what's his face? Uh, John Heater played Napoleon. I feel like Rain Wilson would have been very mm. good to be Napoleon mm-hmm. if he was a little younger. Um, because I feel like he's a very similar character to Dwight anyways. Yeah. Maybe he would have been better, less repulsive. I wonder if Rain Wilson drew on uh, Napoleon Dynamite at all for The Office. Was this before or after? This was before, I believe. But Rain Wilson's a great, great choice. Uh, do you have anyone for Pedro or Kip? Uh, for Ki- have you seen that movie, uh, The Way Way Back? Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I forgot the guy's name, but he works in the rental stand oh, in the yeah. water park. I think he could be Kip. Oh, Jim. That is that Jim is Rash? That, that's not the same guy. Is it? I'm. Are you thinking I, of I, Are you thinking of Jim Rash? Maybe. Because he's in the way back. Hold on. Let me see him. Yeah, that's oh, not Kip. Oh, no. Yeah, that's not Kip. That's, uh, it's the, uh, the guy from Community, the dean. Jim Rash actually would have been a great Kip. That's a that's a good pick. Yeah, but he didn't. He might not have had the same commitment as uh, I forgot the guy's name, but uh, got braces put on for this movie. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I think Jim Rash would do it. Jim oh, yeah. Rash seems to be pretty uh, uh, committed to his 
comedic roles. I don't have any thoughts about Pedro. I I thought of Michael Sarah for Kip. Um, yeah, yeah. I'll keep or Napoleon. Yeah, that's true. I'll keep Jim Rash for uh for Kip. That's a really good pick. My first thought for Napoleon was the guy from Stranger Things, um Finn oh, Finn yeah. Wolfhard. Finn Wolfhard. Yeah, I feel like he uh just put him in the wig and and he could do it. And then for Pedro, like you said, Jake, since age honestly doesn't matter for this movie, uh, let's just throw Michael Pena in there. Danny Trejo. <laughs> even better. <laughs> that's even better. I, <laughs> if age really doesn't matter, that's... that's Danny Trejo it. as Machete, like he was in Spy Kids. <laughs> I'd love to just watch Danny Trejo dancing with Deb in that prom scene. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I would, uh, I would do RJ Mitt for uh napoleon (laughs) i'm not sure sure who that is he's uh walt jr on uh breaking Breaking bad Bad. uh okay i know who that is now i only watched one episode two episodes of breaking bad okay you would do him for kip i would do him for uh really kip or napoleon i was thinking napoleon um but he could he could play kip no i would say napoleon i would do rj mitt for napoleon um because i i mean this is a recast. I don't need him to look anything like Napoleon Dynamite. I just feel like it makes a lot of sense. Uh, for Pedro, I would probably do uh, also from Stranger Ki- Stranger Things the uh, the fat kid. Oh, with the cleft palate. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know his name. I don't know his name either. He's Dustin in Stranger. He Things. Yeah, Dustin. Stranger he Things. doesn't feel <laughs> fat enough to be deemed the fat one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he is the fat one, though, right? He's not. I'm he's not the chubby saying, one. I'm not saying he's fat. I'm just saying of the kids, he's the uh, fattest. Fattest. That's true. Uh, <laughs> he I've has like a distinguishable factor in the, his cleft palate. Everybody, still, every group needs a fat, fat kid. <laughs> uh, and for uh, Kip, I would do. Uh, I would go a little bit out of left field for this. And I would cast uh, James Franco as Kip. Interesting. I feel like he'd be a very different character. He would be. He would be. But he's weird enough. He's weird enough, you know? I would change up the movie a little bit. I would make it into a thriller. (laughs) Is this the opposite of Jaws? (laughs) I'd make it into a thriller. I would give it some plot. Richard Dreyfus. Uh-huh. <laughs> I would give it some plot. I would cast uh, Al Pacino as Uncle Rico. Okay. I would do Dennis Quaid as Kip. Okay. And then I okay. would do uh, Danny Masterson as... Uh, Who's Danny Masterson? He's Hyde from that 70s show. Oh, yeah. Okay. As Napoleon? As Napoleon. Yeah, I could see that. What's, what is the driving plot point that makes this a thriller? I don't, I don't know what that is yet. This is just a recast. This isn't a replot. So. <laughs> but you said you were making it a thriller. I feel like you Yeah, I'm just saying like, I would change the style because I don't think those three would be good in a comedy. Maybe the time machine. But I think they would be good in a killer. The time machine that Uncle Rico tries to use like fries his brain. Oh, it insane. works. Or, yeah, or it works. Or we go trying to get back to 1982. Yeah, well, let's rate this movie. Let's rate this bad boy. Uh, I I don't think that this deserves our uh, all of our servers being spun up, Jake. It just yeah, like low. You want to just do a rolling average? <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right, Zach. What do you give this movie? I give this movie four unintelligible chicken farmers. <laughs> <laughs>
Uh, I'm going to give it three smashed tater tots. Scott? I'm giving it 1.7 sweaty pants tots. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to give this uh, uh, 2.2 uh, cows shot in front of children, scarring them for life. I'm going to change mine to steaks thrown at faces. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't expect and, uh, to be the one to rate this the highest. <laughs> <laughs> this uh this movie came out to a 27 percent on rotten potatoes well sense. deserved <laughs> i said it was the worst one we'd done and uh, i meant it and and by a lot this has come out as the worst movie that we have uh watched and reviewed together uh 27 on rotten potatoes let us know what you think you can do that by following us at rotten potato pod on instagram and twitter uh, find some uh, some sweet sweet memes, uh, and maybe uh, if Jake can find it, he'll uh, post a picture of his uh, uh, "Come get your food, Tina." Shirt. Oh, I'll see if I'll I'll ask my mom if she has any pictures. I'll definitely throw that up there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you also, don't have the shirt anymore. You know what? I think it might still fit. I was in the third grade. So. <laughs> <laughs> I think you could squeeze into it. That would be a great picture. That would be a great picture. I think it would. My my head is huge. <laughs> it would rip it. You'll have to cut the back and put it on and then like sew it up on and you. And cut the arms. <laughs> Just, Just it cut it into head. a mask. Just make it into a poncho. <laughs> cut it into a mask for COVID. Oh, yeah. I need one. That would be a pretty sweet COVID mask. Yeah, I uh, I'll I'll do some digging and some uh, piles of pictures. All right. Well, hey, tune in next week. Uh, we're going to uh, we're gonna watch Scott's nomination, The Green Mile. Uh, one of uh, one of the best, I think. Uh, a little spoiler, I think one of the best uh, Stephen King movie adaptations. Um, and we've already we've already done a couple. What was Have the we, we did done a couple? Did we did two? Oh, um, maybe we we we've only done one. Stand by me. Yeah. I thought we did another one. No? I don't think well, so. We'll, we'll get to it next week. We have a week to think about it. We have a week to think about what we've done that might have been a Stephen King adaptation. Independence Day. Oh, yeah. Independence Day. That's Jaws. it. Jaws. That's the one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, tune in next week. Uh, make sure to watch the movie with us uh, and, uh, and, and chime in. Let us know what you think about uh, The Green Mile. Send me your favorite Napoleon Dynamite scenes. Yeah. <laughs> Rotten Potato Pod. Zach, do you have any, uh, any final thoughts? God, no. Or tots out there? <laughs> <laughs> I actually would like to just say 